Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is Chills Up Your Spine. Chills Up Your Spine, Goosebumps, Goose Pimples, whatever they're called. That feeling of tingling going up the back of your neck where you kind of like shake it out and you can't even help it. It just happens when something amazing happens. You ever get that? Not like the scared kind where you're freaked out like, you know, some sixth sense is telling you that something dangerous is about to happen. That's not the one, but it's similar. Similar. It's more like something exciting or amazing is about to happen or is happening. That's that's what I'm talking about, okay? So if you're new to the show, my name is Winston, and this is the Find Your Flow podcast. And uh, it's a rainy day here in San Diego, which is glorious. I freaking love the rain. Maybe it's because we don't get a whole lot of it, but I think it's more because I, I love how it's all gray outside. I love how it's not sunny. I love how it's kind of wet, and uh, it would be a great day to stay home and read books and eat soup and watch movies all day, and I could absolutely do that all freaking day, friend, but I do have a day job, so off we go. So we're going to do this podcast instead, and I'm stoked on that too, because I had the tingles, I had those, the chills, or the goosebumps, whatever it is, as I was walking to my car just now, that was the inspiration for today's podcast, because it reminded me of something very important. And I watched a show last night, which seemingly irrelevant, but also coincidentally massively important and totally relevant to today's episode. Now that I think about it, so last night, so my, so here's a pattern. This is a fun pattern, and so my wife loves to watch. So at night, you know, after we put the kids to bed, that's a whole circus. A lot of times, it's fun. We love it, right? But it's a circus, let's be honest. It takes forever. And it's gotten better. Our oldest is just like lollygagger extraordinaire. We call him the slowest poke because he's such a slow poke sometimes. It's so it it's incredibly trying for me. <laughs> I have to really practice patience sometimes because you know, I'm tired, I've had a long day, all I want to do is relax. And then Lollygagadopolis over here is uh, finding every sweet moment to milk that he can for all of eternity before going to bed. He's gotten a lot better, so I'm not, I'm actually not, whatever. Anyway, so last night, so we watch these, you know, shows sometimes for, you know, depending on how anxious I am about getting stuff done, sometimes I can kind of relax and actually sit down and watch a couple shows with Elena. Usually I'm I'm there watching them with her, but I'm also doing other things like practicing jujitsu on the floor or yoga or stretching or um, you know some other kind of activity that I can do while watching shows. So what happens nine times out of ten is Elena watches the same darn shows over and over again, and it's usually Ancient Aliens, Unearthed, some other kind of show in that same genre of like adventure. Oh, Josh Gates, you know any Josh Gates shows? We're big fans. But we've seen them all, and I've seen them all like three times each because she always falls asleep. And I, I know, like, I know what's gonna happen. We're gonna put on one of these episodes. I've seen it three times. She hasn't seen it because she's falling asleep. And I'll sit there, and then like five minutes in, I look over and she's sleeping. And it's like, okay, well, here I am again, watching, <laughs> watching one of these shows that 
I like them, but you know, I don't always feel like I'm being super uh, forward moving. In case you haven't figured it out, I've, I'm very much into forward movement with self-help and progress and learning and growth and whatnot. So sometimes I get a little anxious when I feel like I'm just watching stuff that I've already seen or already learned or know to some degree and I don't value it as like super great new information that's going to move me along my path, right? And so anyway, last night, you know, same thing happens. And I know, actually, I didn't remember that I'd seen these episodes until like, you know, near the end where then I started recognizing some of the lines. It's like, ah, oh, it happened again, happened again. But I knew, I knew what was going on kind of because there's parts that I did recognize and parts that I've already known. That's part of it is like some of the stuff I just already know from other things. And, you know, they recycle a lot of the same information and same clips. So it's like, is this new or is this just repurposed content for the 10th time? So anyway, we're watching this show with uh, Scott, Scott Walter um, Unearthed, American America Unearthed, I think is the name of the show. Pretty cool show. If you haven't seen it, we're checking it out. And this is an episode he's trying to find the Holy Grail and uh, what he believes to be the real Holy Grail. And so I was watching this, and I was pretty sure I'd seen it before. And he's, you know, looking at these uh, figures in this knight, the Templar Knights Church where all the statues have the hands are formed in the shape of an M, which he believes and which I believe um, represent Mary Magdalene, M for Mary Magdalene, right? Jesus's wife who was kind of thrown under the bus by um you know by the by the church right because that goes against this patriarch uh kind of model right where it's the man and uh you know jesus is the savior and this and that and it was just him and he was um you know this divine um born of the uh, virgin mary and you know this whole thing and so anyway, so he goes into this whole thing and he's talking, you know, and then um, people are talking about Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, and how much of that uh, might actually be true. And he's, you know, doing actual research into these kind of things. And uh, very fascinating, right? So, so I was watching it and I was reminded like, yeah, you know what? Even though I've seen this and even though I'm tired and uh, I kind of wanted to do something else, but I was kind of also too tired to. Um, it reminded me, like, you know, this is actually still still very relevant. Like, this is still happening. You know, this idea is – a lot of this stuff is kind of stuff that I guess I take for granted was kind of the realization I had. Like, this – I'm by no means a biblical scholar or, you know, anything like that. Um, I have my own interpretations of things for sure, and they are not popular interpretations, I don't believe, <laughs> at least in my personal experience. Um, and – with that, seeing this show was kind of like, yeah, I remember when The Da Vinci Code came out, and it was very controversial, right? Like, a lot of people were just like, no, that's not real, and it's, you know, yeah, it's harmful to uh, this belief system and religion, and uh, that's not real, and blah, blah, blah. And um, I thought it was really cool i thought the book was really good or the movie i don't remember if i actually read the book to be honest i don't think i did um but the movie i thought was really cool and uh it occurred to me that you know this is not a new situation right this idea that the church has been hiding 
the reality of uh, around Jesus for a long time and a possible bloodline that has continued. And whether or not it's actually true, is there some... Is there a possibility of it being true? Yeah, absolutely, from my perspective, right? I'm not, again, I'm not an expert. I'm just some guy spouting his own opinion on this, okay? Take it for whatever it's worth to you. But what I found really interesting about it was then it's like, shoot, yeah, okay, well, what's interesting to me about it is, like, what are, what are the implications? Why does it matter? Well, because if Jesus was just a, a person with extraordinary character who was saying these things such as like you too with enough faith can do these things you know um these kind of ideas that are more on like the hey you can do these things too that's very much what i believe in is like if you understand god or the higher power or whatever and you practice and you connect with it you can do amazing things too and I believe that's kind of what Jesus was saying, was like, hey, like we all have this in us. We all have this divine connection. Practice it. Do it. Live it. Have faith in it. And, uh, you know, you can do it. And then to think that, like, okay, well, why would people in a position of power or wanting to gain power try to convince people otherwise that that's not what the message was the message was no jesus is god no you got to talk to jesus he's the one to to pay attention to he's the one that you got to pray to and worship and it's like well what is the significance of that from my perspective and it is that it's not a direct connection right because now we're putting this other person this other entity in between our own individual Selves and the direct connection to source or to God. And that is significant because now all of a sudden you have all these people that are essentially cut off from a direct connection to source. And they don't know their own power. And if you ever wanted to control people, that would be a great way to do it, right? Like, hey, you're weak and powerless and uh, you have to pray to this God and this God um, you know kind of is uh, got all these conditions and um, he was loving kind God but oh but he you know requires uh, sacrifice if you sin that was back in the Old Testament right like he had to kill an animal to uh, redeem sin and then along came the New Testament and uh, the new rules right and that was um, like, hey, you don't have to kill these little animals anymore. Uh, but, you know, there's all these other kind of covenants now, right? And um, if, so the tingles, the tingles, the goosebumps. So as I was growing up, I, um, you know, I, I had, I was in and around this stuff a lot. The, the Bible talk, right? Bible study, Bible watchtower studies, pioneering, going door to door, spreading the word of Jehovah to uh, try to recruit, right? That was what I grew up with. My mom was big into it. And um, and so I had a lot of uh, time to 
learn what they believe to be truth and to formulate my own opinions and understandings of whether or not I considered that to be truth or not. And of course, I had to keep these thoughts to myself because my thoughts were that it was largely missing the point, was kind of the, the general opinion that I held. It's like, okay, you guys kind of got it. I understand what you're saying. I understand how you came to these ideas and conclusions. I do not agree with them. And one of the big things was this idea that you have to go through Jesus or you have to go through, you have to bow down and pray to these gods and all these gods are fighting amongst themselves. Oh no, Jesus is God. Oh no, Jehovah is God. Oh no, Allah is God. Oh no, you know, um, any of them. Pick any of them. They all think that they're the best. Each god says that they're the best, right? <laughs> My brother for a while was studying with the Krishnas and uh, said to me, yeah, well, no, with Krishna, you know, it's okay. You can believe in any god. You can worship any god as long as you understand, you know, Krishna is like the big god. Like, yeah, of course, Krishna is the big god, right? That's, of course, yeah, he doesn't care if you worship the other ones as long as you recognize him as the big one, right? That's what they all say. But no, actually, some of them, like Jehovah's, is like, no, you do not put any other gods before me, right? Um, and that's, I think, a lot of them are that way. But that always bothered me. Like, okay, even in the Bible, it recognizes these other gods, Baal or Baal, um, you know, and, and whatnot, and don't, you know, the golden calf and whatnot, uh, idols, right, false idols. And um, that was fascinating to me. So when I would practice connecting with God, you know, there was a lot of fear for a long time because of the conditioning and the as my dad would call it, brainwashing, right? And yet at a certain point, as I got more and more, whatever, jaded, older, um, skeptical, I cared less and less about the the possible repercussions of burning in, well, in Jehovah's Witness, at least you don't burn in hell, you um, just kind of blink out, you go to sleep and you don't wake up. You're not resurrected. Okay, so that is less terrifying than, you know, the Christian and uh, Catholic kind of beliefs of like, hey, if you're bad and whatnot, you go burn in hell forever. That would suck. That'd be pretty terrifying, right? Um, so maybe that helped with my own ability to kind of uh, go after and test some of this stuff that otherwise I might have been too afraid to test. So as I would have these journeys inward and through the use of certain medical, uh, spiritual um, medications of what of sorts, uh, as I was young, right, and testing the limits of my spirit and of my consciousness and going on these journeys, I discovered many things, one of which for me was that, you know, hey, source is all around us, it is everywhere, it is within us, to the extent that we let it be, and we can work with it, we can connect to it, and when I would have these aha moments, and I would have those chills or those tingles, you know, I could tell that I was getting, I was on a good one, like all of a sudden I would lock into tune with a certain frequency, and I could feel it resonating through my body as those tingles. And that's when it's like, yeah, I got one, 
like boom, I hit it, I connected. And then I could level up sometimes if I was really in tune, if I was feeling it and I was in a good one, I could uh, double up almost what I, like an octave. So those of you who understand music and, uh, you know, maybe some of the math behind all that, it's a doubling up of the frequency, right? So if a uh, the tone pitch A equals 440 hertz, A an octave up is 880 hertz. It's vibrating exactly twice as fast. So I'm not going to sing a perfect pitch A because I don't have perfect pitch, but I'm going to just kind of give an example. So if this was my node right here, this is vibrating at a certain frequency, let's just call it, I, I hate to even call it a frequency in case anybody has perfect pitch listening to this. It's going to be annoying, right? So let's just do this and then this, this is the same pitch, but now it's vibrating twice as fast. This is an octave lower. This is an octave higher. This is an octave lower. You can do it too. And if you do this, you are vibrating, literally vibrating your vocal cords at this frequency. And if I am at this pitch, now my my uh, vocal cords are vibrating exactly twice as fast. Isn't that pretty magical and amazing as it is? Yes, it is. And so this idea of singing and vibrating, physically, literally vibrating, is pretty fascinating to me. And there are different mathematical ratios as we sing different harmonies. So if I'm here, and then I go here, that's a perfect fourth, da, da, it's a perfect fourth. I don't remember any of these mathematic ratios anymore because it's been forever since I actually studied them, but I know that they're different. This is a fifth above. I believe it's three times as fast as this is two times. I believe it's a three ratio to two. And so these are polyrhythms now. Now we're talking about frequencies that don't, that it's not a double, right? Like an octave. It's uh, some other mathematical ratio, three to two, I believe. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry for a perfect fit. So, music, as we get deeper into harmony, I was a music major, by the way, I don't know if I've mentioned that, um, I was a music major, and I got to study some really cool, deep stuff about music, I had a, an amazing, uh, I had many amazing teachers, very fortunate, one in particular who took us deep into the physics of sound, not physics of sound, but the uh, harmonic experience of sound, and how sound and harmonics um play together and how those mathematical relationships feel in the body. And that was one of the most amazing things. We practiced singing these mathematical relationships, these ratios, and you could feel these harmonic relationships. You know, you can have in your body multiple frequencies going on at the same time and the way they relate to each other. And then when they become... Um, you know, in harmony versus dissonance, and then even uh, when they're in perfect unison. And so this whole path of going from starting off in unison or in harmony, going through into these other parts of, uh, you know, like a like these formulas of like a bridge. Okay, now we're in the B section, and um, and then a bridge back to the. Uh, to um, the theme of the the A section and uh, into the or into the chorus and the chorus then brings us back home into the uh, you know key of um, the home key and we end in some kind of harmony generally like all the dissonance is resolved into some harmonious ha harmony and this 
is a very interesting concept. It plays out in music all the time and in life in many instances, right? Because if we are vibrating at certain frequencies, whether or not we're aware of it, we got heart rates, right? What's that? That's a frequency. We got breathing rates. What's that? That's a frequency. We have sleeping cycles. We have awake cycles. We have all sorts of different cycles happening all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. To the extent that we become aware of it, we can start to influence it. And if we start to harmonize and consciously unify our thoughts with our unconscious cycles and with the cycles around us, then all sorts of amazing things can start to happen. And when I was this morning, what happened that I did different that I haven't done it forever? It used to be part of my daily routine and somehow slipped out. And now I become aware of it again is singing. I started singing. And what was I singing? I don't even remember. But it, oh, I, I was just improvising. I was just improvising on a riff. And it was like, man, I started hitting it and I started locking in my groove and started, uh, and, I, and I'm feeling it even now. I'm feeling the tingles come up my spine as I just even think about how good it felt because I haven't done it in so freaking long and it's so powerful and amazing for me. And it reminded me, this for me is a spiritual experience. Why don't I do this every single day? Why aren't I producing music that allows me to get into this? That was one of my big flows for my, it's been for one of my, for my whole life. And yet I haven't been tuning into it. I haven't been practicing it. And uh, I was powerfully reminded of that this morning. And that was what inspired me to do this particular episode was, gosh, you know, I I forgot that it's right there. It's right there. It's free. I don't have to pay. I don't have to go anywhere to do it. It's not rocket science. And uh, And if I am able to do it for myself, right, if I can practice it and start spreading more of that of music of my own music me playing and performing again which i haven't put music out in years maybe just maybe other people would be able to listen to it and experience those same tingles the same chills and some you know when i feel that one of the things that i try to bring with find your flow although i feel like i haven't really been doing it is um it's just me flowing and other people flowing and video of that documentation of it, recordings of it to directly give that feeling to somebody else through the mirroring neurons that see other people do it and, uh, you know, empathy and allow us to tune into the experience somebody else is having. If I can provide content of other people getting into flow states and having aha moments and chills and all this, then you, by transmission of energy can also experience that yeah that's the goal here that i had forgotten i would kind of remember but i kind of have different remembering levels of it right because it fades sometimes as i go through life and stuff happens and whatnot and then so i was reminded of it this morning and it was awesome and so i want to share that with you so i'm gonna that's my intention is to do more of that and improvising, yeah, that's a big part of it for me. That's the framework. That's the framework of Find Your Flow is uh, having a framework, first of all, it's hugely important. When I was younger, I didn't think it was important. I thought, like, because I used to really enjoy improvising on saxophone. That was my main instrument. And what I learned when I went to college was, hey, just because you're improvising, that's not jazz. Like, I liked jazz, and I won, and I was in jazz band and this and that. But as I learned from some of these, like, serious jazz musicians, 
Steve Coleman by name is one I got to study from uh, while I was up in in Cal, and um, so amazing. Like the guy was just like levels beyond. It was like even hard to. It was just insane. The guy was he's insane. Like he's so next level, and um, and so having those experiences. Um, I learned, okay, yeah, jazz, just because you're improvising, it's not jazz. Jazz is a specific dialect, if you will, right? There's certain things that you say with the music, but it's also within a certain framework because that's what gives you the freedom to move within the framework. And within the framework, you can do virtually anything. But if you don't have the framework, then you're just playing like free jazz, which is, you know, it's a different thing. And so this idea of freedom within form was uh, something I came to uh, realize a few different, like it was, it kept coming up for me while I was in college. And it, it's an incredibly powerful concept. And I may have talked about this in a previous episode. I'm not sure, but uh, I probably should. Freedom within form. And so what is the form? Uh, for me, I tried to, and I did very consciously do this at various levels of uh, this whole journey with Finder Flow is trying to build a framework that allows for and that, yeah, that's what three steps to flow. That whole program that um, took me years to finally finish was this idea of freedom within form. How can you have a flow experience within doing almost anything, right? How can it be applied to virtually anything? Excuse me, sorry, I'm all clogged up this morning. So, because I guess part of it is like that whole, for me, again, growing up in a very religiously confined spiritual situation, um, I wanted to break out. It's like, this isn't, this, I don't, I'm not getting anything out of this. It's all concepts and, and they're skewed as far as I can tell. Like, they're not getting me there. Like, there's more to this than what you guys are saying there is and you don't even know it. That's the frustrating part and none of you seem to, care or listen because you're just going to talk it down with your rhetoric that is flawed from my perspective. I want experience. I want to feel it. And I want others to feel it because this isn't it. And so with flow, that's a big part of it for me. It's like, hey, don't take my word for it. Please don't just take my word for it. Freaking try it. Like I want you to have your own experiences so that it's not like what Winston says, you know. It's like, no. I say, because I experience it, I know how to do it, I know how to experience it for myself, here's how I do it, here's um, how you may want to try to do it, here, let's do it together, let's, uh, there are, there's a formula here, that maybe it's not scientific, but it is provable and repeatable, and you can do it on your own, and who cares if it's scientifically proven or not, that's my angle, right, like, science is awesome, it's great, but it, you like it's it kind of irrelevant with this like experience is in my opinion far more important right science by its very nature is always changing right like oh science has discovered this and then 10 years later well science discovered that that wasn't really fully accurate this is actually more accurate okay great that's awesome it's it's super helpful it's definitely got us some space from the church that was uh controlling everything and you know through their power and through this misinformation, right? And yet here we are, however many years later, and uh, we're still kind of breaking that those walls down. Well, what does that really mean? Well, I was I stayed up, and as I was watching that episode, 
and I tried to stay up for the next one, which went a little deeper into it, um, was like, shoot, this is this is what I'm doing. This is my mission, is to let people know, yeah, it, Jesus was a, and obviously, again, I'm not a Jesus, I'm not trying to cause trouble, <laughs> right? I'm not. Uh, but this is like at the core of my, my passion, is that, no, it's, all of us. It is you. You are just as powerful and have the potential to be as in tune as Jesus was, in my belief, right? That's what I believe for you. And what does that look like? Well, the, what, from my perspective, the easiest, most realistic way to get somebody to experience that for themselves is like, hey, go here, try this, three steps of flow, get into a flow state for yourself. That's Zen, in my opinion. Right, and the deeper you go into it, the better you get at it, the more enlightened you become. And it's a practice. If you stop doing it, you you know get sucked back into default world and the beliefs and all that of those around you, and um, it's you know becomes maybe harder to hold on to. You catch glimpses here or there if you remember, but if you don't have some kind of system or practice to keep you in tune with that frequency, then um, there's a, a physical, you know, provable thing known as um, when you have one frequency that's stronger than the others, the others naturally start to sink in with the most dominant frequency. Entrainment. There we go. Thank you. They start to entrain. That's a provable thing. Okay. So if you're dominant, if you're tuning into the dominant frequency of God or the universe, right, and you're practicing that all the time, that's awesome. Right, others you'll probably attract other people that are interested in that same kind of thing or vibrating at a similar frequency, a harmonious frequency. If you stop practicing, then the default world frequencies around you will probably drag you into them, which may or may not be higher. Right, it may be lower frequencies. Most, I'd, I'd guess it's lower. Right, for most, default world is lower than what we each have the ability to aspire to. Right, but it's not always easy to hold on to. That's why if we go to a seminar or something, we're all pumped up, we're all fired up on the same thing, we get this high frequency and we're all energized and excited. And then what happens? Well, if you don't main if you don't join like whatever group it is, the mastermind or the you know, the community at some other level or you know, stay in contact with these people and meet regularly at some kind of frequency, right, some kind of interval, well, then what happens? Well, then it kind of starts to fade and people talk you out of it and like, oh, I remember I went to this thing and that didn't work or whatever. And you start to fade away from that frequency, right? Ever had that kind of experience? Well, okay, so what's the, how do we avoid that? Well, we have to have built into it some kind of accountability, some kind of frequency, um, monthly meetup or weekly meetup or going to church or whatever on the thing. And again, I'm not trying to bash churches. That's certainly not the, the plan here. Um, it's just a matter of like, what is it? Are you going because that's the thing you're supposed to do? Or because you really get something out of it? Is it intellectual? So that, that was another thing. Like I'm a, I'm a pretty intellectual person, I would say, or conceptual, I would say, more than intellectual perhaps. I like ideas, right? I'm an idea person, but I also implement. and so I can appreciate good concepts and going to the church or the kingdom hall, as they were called growing up, um, you know, Jehovah's Witness church, they had a lot of concepts and stuff, but it never translated into an emotion for me or into an experience for me. Like there was a huge disconnect. It was like, God's over there. 
Jesus is over there, you know, pray to them and study about him and do these things, abide by these laws, abide by these rules, don't celebrate these holidays, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this other thing, but do give us money, do go out and promote this to other people. And it was like, dude, this is not real. This is not it. You guys are missing a big piece of this whole thing. <sighs> Sorry. Not trying to bash, but I uh, just want to share. This was just my own experience, right? That's all. It's my own personal experience. So um, so after the experience of connection, and then I had an epiphany, which was a huge connection experience for me, and that's what set me off the path of Find Your Flow and writing books and podcasts and all this for this idea that I want you and anybody who cares to to have an actual personal experience of the divine, of nirvana, of zen, of enlightenment. And people, and I see articles like, oh, well, you you know, you can't attain enlightenment, or oh, if you're enlightened, you live on a mountain somewhere. And I disagree with that. And like, oh, you got to be a monk out in the mountains meditating every day. It's like, no, that's freaking BS. That's all distraction. That's all, like, I don't believe that. It's hard to hold on to, like, to be a Jesus or a Buddha all the time, especially here, you know, and I think probably in any culture for the most part, right? It's only going to be a, a certain few people that can, uh, no, I mean, anybody is capable of it. That's what I believe. Anybody's capable. How much practice and effort you put into it, how much information you have that can uh, allow you to experience that, and you don't need the information to experience it. I believe anybody can do it by accident. Sometimes it probably happens to people all the time, I'm not sure. But then how much do you tune into it? How much do you recognize that is the ability to tap into the universal force? The force, Luke, right? Use the force. I believe we all can do it. We might have varying degrees of natural abilities with it, but like anything, the person that practices will beat the person who has natural talents that doesn't practice. That's I see it as the same thing. So that's it, friends. Um, I've been ranting for a good one today, but I think this is uh, something that's pretty important to me, obviously, and uh, important to the cause. That's, that is the cause, I believe. So I'm uh, passionate about sharing flow experience because... It is. It gives me the tingles when I get, when I tap into it, when I connect with it, when I, and that allows me to know that I'm like I'm getting close, right? Like I start getting those chills up my spine. It's like, woo, all right, tuning in, locking in. Okay, how long can I maintain it? And uh, you know, it comes and goes. It's not, I don't think, possible to maintain it all the time. In the physical body, it can only, you know, it's got to rest. You got to eat right. You can't eat junk because otherwise, that's going to make you feel groggy and you know, like all that good stuff. And so, um, so there's an art to it. There's probably maybe a science to it. I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe people could show, could say like, Hey, this is a science for this. And, uh, that's it, friend. I guess I've said enough. So chase the tingles, maybe, um, don't chase them. Maybe, uh, Bring them into your awareness. Become aware of it and practice things that give you those aha moments. Maybe it's reading. Maybe it is reading the Bible. Maybe it's reading some other holy text. Maybe it's just meditating. Maybe it's doing something active, some kind of active meditation that gets you in the zone. Well, if somebody is uh, – I did an awesome interview with a guy named – I'm way over time, I know. I did an awesome interview with a guy named Croy Sather, mar the marathon man. Runs a freaking marathon a day across the country – doing speaking engagements after each marathon he's run. 
pretty remarkable. I would guess he probably gets in some pretty deep flow states while he's running marathons. And that's amazing, I think. I think that's like its own religion. You know, you got to be in the zone to be able to pull that off, right? But he's maybe not in the zone when he starts, but at some point to keep going, he falls into a trance. You know, he's running and probably zones out and gets into the zone and flows through a whole freaking marathon every day. It's insane. Um, and now that I think about it, that's something I should be more conscious of when I'm interviewing people, like the actual flow experience, right? Because um, I don't think I specifically asked him about that, but that would have been awesome. So, yeah. Point. Point was, um, just be flowing, friend. <laughs> Get after it. Experience it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Right. Go out and, and find those flow states that you that you uh, know how to do or would like to learn how to do, and go do them. And by doing that, I believe you become more of an awesome person. Like, okay, let's say Croy was doing that, and like all of a sudden he's he's sharing his mission and message across the United States to these audiences. Be, he's in flow he's in he you know that's amazing and uh probably people that hear his story feel tingly too it's like oh my gosh this guy's amazing he just did this thing he's saying dream big act big and now he's and he's doing it and i gotta see him do it and i'm all fired up and even me right now saying this and thinking about it puts the tingles in me because it makes me realize i'm getting closer to speaking truth and i believe that the more of these tingles that i'm able to tune into and and speak from and allow to flow through me allows me to be closer to truth and vibrations that are higher and exciting and allow me to, to transmute that to you through my vocal cords and through your ears and into your sensory neurons that mirror the excitement that I'm experiencing now. And that's how it works and that's how we spread flow and energy and love and the God force. So until next time, my friend, be awesome and be flowing.